KYW News Radio Original Podcasts. This is KYW News Radio In Depth. I'm Matt Leon. So many people are still working from home as the pandemic continues, but there are still a good number of people that have to go into their workplace. Now, we've seen workplace COVID rules and guidelines put in place everywhere, but how effective are they? What should we be focusing on? What have we learned from the last several months? To talk about this, we reached out to Dr. Teresa Sweet. She is an associate teaching professor at Drexel's Dornsife School of Public Health. Give a listen. So this is kind of a sweeping question and every workplace is different. But overall, how effective do you think we've been in this country at being smart about COVID in the workplace? I don't think we've been very smart about it, no. In particular, in workplaces where uh, workers have to be close together while working. I'm thinking, for example, early on, the outbreaks that occurred in meat packing facilities uh, where workers are, you know, essentially shoulder to shoulder, and obviously there were outbreaks. I think that also in some workplaces, I've heard anecdotally from people in those workplaces that, you know, mask usage is not what it should be. People are getting close, working close together, essentially in each other's space. Um, and, and considering the numbers of cases that we have in the community, certainly now, but, you know, that's just not really a safe thing to do. Have we honed, on, honed in on what's most important in the workplace? Um, and like I said, there's the office, there is if you work in a store, there's if you work in a factory, everything is different. But obviously we're talking mask, social distance, and, and hand washing. But, but past that, what else are the important things? So also important is, is going to be airflow and air exchange. You know, if you're working in an older building in particular that uh, perhaps doesn't have good air exchange, then any virus that is in the air could potentially stay in the air for a period of time. But that's something that, you know, all buildings probably have to be looked at for that. And, and that is, that's a complicated issue. You know, how much airflow, how many air exchanges per hour do you need in order to, to really be, I guess, safer um, so that those, those airborne viral particles don't remain suspended in the air? I've seen places that have, let's say, a chair in the lobby that says, don't sit here as we try to prevent the spread of COVID-19. So, so why do they have a chair? <laughs> but, that, but that seems like the type of thing that even people that have taken this very seriously, an eye roll, and does that degrade the the focus on the stuff that really helps? And am I being fair there that that does not help prevent the spread of COVID-19? So I guess... You mean somebody has a chair in the There's lobby? There's like chairs in the lobby that are always there. And they have oh, signs that say, don't sit here. Help us prevent the spread of COVID-19. Now, I guess you're trying not to get people to sit close together. But just the concept of sitting on a shared surface, is is there a threat there? Um, not the fact that I wouldn't think that you're sitting on the chair surface. I think the issue is that if you're congregating in one place for a decent period of time, and you're releasing virus, that virus can remain in that one place for a while. And so, you know, you you don't really want to stay in one place in a public building for very long for fear that, you know, the, the longer time, the longer you're there, the longer potentially your exposure to the virus could be. 
how effective it seems like a, a staple of a lot of places is deep cleaning that they'll maybe after a positive test or maybe just as part of their regular routine is that as effective as we want it to be well it certainly isn't wrong to do you know we we talk about fomite transmission with um all all respiratory viruses um certainly you know that helps with something like flu or the common cold um, does it help with COVID? It seems like the research is showing that while fomite transmission is definitely can occur, it is not as important as droplets and, and airborne transmission is what we're seeing. But that doesn't mean that it shouldn't be done. It just means that perhaps it's not as worrisome of an issue as perhaps it once was. You talked at the beginning about places that aren't doing a good job, how do we fix that? Places that, like you said, are working close together, stuff like that. What do you want to see happen? So one of the first things I want to see happen is that that people wear the correct kind of mask correctly, all right? You know, there's, you need to have, obviously we can't use the, the N95 masks because they're, you know, in limited supply for healthcare workers. But, you know, you need to have a cloth mask with multiple layers, two to three layers, if possible, even perhaps a layer of silk in there or poly or some kind of satin. That in combination with cotton seems to work really well in, in the studies that I've, lo- I've looked at. And you need to wear it correctly. I can't tell you how many times I see people with it really loose on their face, so it's dropping below their nose or they're wearing it under their nose. And I mean, it's just common sense. Think about this. When you go, do, when you take a COVID test, where are they sticking that thing up to, to take, to get the virus? They're sticking it up your nose. So obviously people have virus in their nose if they're infected. It just, um, and so we need to be, I think, much more stringent on, again, the type of mask people are wearing and how they're wearing them. And then don't force people to work shoulder to shoulder. And in fact, don't allow them to work shoulder to shoulder. Try to distance them as much as possible. Are there any rules that we have seen in wide circulation that, in retrospect, have proven to not be that important? Something that maybe was stressed early in the pandemic? Yeah. And, and I don't say this from a, a careless standpoint, just as we've learned more. And all of a sudden, we're like, hey, you know what? We don't really need to do that. That's not, that's not going to help us as much as we thought it, at the beginning. Well, I guess the one thing that comes to my mind certainly is taking uh, people's temperatures before they're allowed in the building. You know, definitely it will weed out those folks that have fevers because they have COVID. Um, But as we know, there are a lot of people that have this disease are in in fact infectious, um, but um, they either don't have a fever, maybe have other symptoms. They've lost their sense of smell or taste, but never had a fever. We've heard a lot of those cases. But also we know that there are people who are either pre-symptomatic, meaning they'll develop a fever tomorrow or the next day, and right now they're infectious, or even we know there are a lot of people that are actually asymptomatic, that they can shed the virus and have no signs of it. And so while fever is one sign of the disease, it's not the only one. And since there are so many people that have the disease and don't have a fever, if you just rely on that, you're going to miss a lot of people. And, and certainly I could see it giving um, organizations a false sense of security. 
Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, because that, that was one of the things, and I'm glad you brought that up, that I got it early on, but now it kind of seems like something we are doing just because we've always done it and nobody mm-hmm. wants to be the one that says, hey, you know what, I think there are other ways we can we can approach this that are probably more um, more helpful. Yes, I agree with that. And for the for just the common person, you know, whether you're just going to a store, grocery store, or or someplace like that, I think you just have to assume that everybody you're around is infected. Now that might seem like an exaggeration, but you know, if you if you assume that they're infected, then you're going to take better care of wearing your mask. You're going to take better care that when you get home, you're going to wash your hands. Um, I think that is a, a, a very good approach. Overall, as we have navigated through this, uh, what have we learned, not about COVID, but, but how our society reacts to a public health threat like this? Yeah, it's a little discouraging, honestly. Um, it, it seems that, I mean, from the highest levels of government um, and then just common people, you know, everyday people, um, it seems like there's this, I don't know, distrust of science, in particular when science is telling you to do something that you don't want to do. And it's discouraging. It's it's really discouraging to me as somebody in public health to see something like wearing a mask and socially distancing, which to me are just simple public health measures to keep people safe. It's discouraging to see those politicized and then not followed through because they become politicized. To me, it's, it's not a political issue that I wear a mask. It's it, Wearing a mask serves two purposes for me. One, it protects me from other people, but also it protects other people potentially from me. You know, I might feel completely healthy today, but that doesn't mean that I'm not infected. And, and I think just being a good citizen, I think you should wear a mask to protect other people. And it's just, it's just gotten really discouraging to me that that, that is, is no longer seems to be important, is being a good citizen to protect everybody in the community. With the vaccines rolling out, we finally have light at the end of the tunnel. Considering all we've talked about, do you think going forward, workplaces will be safer places for the spread of disease? Or do you think as this fades from our memory, as amazing as that concept seems right now, we will look in five years and our workplaces will look a lot the same as what we they were before the pandemic? Honestly, um, I think they're going to look the same. I, I'm sorry to say, it just seems like it, for some companies, at the, the bottom line, money is going to be more important. I mean, it isn't going to be the same everywhere. Um, I'm, I'm actually really curious to see what happens with, so so many people are able to work from home, right? What's going to happen in another year or two, you know, once hopefully we get this pandemic under control, um, are they going to remain working from home? You know, our, off, our office is going to become less busy. But yeah, in terms of some of those um, other, other type of businesses where you actually have to be there in person, I have a feeling that that they're probably going to go back to the ways the way people worked before. Um, one caveat being, I hope they at least take a look at their airflow into their buildings, right? Because that's a, that's an engineering change that once you make it, you make it, 
And so hopefully that might um, help if, if those changes are made, that might help in the future um, to stop spread of some other new uh, virus. That's it for this episode of KYW News Radio In-Depth. You can listen and subscribe to the podcast on the Radio.com app or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. I'm Matt Leon, and we'll have another episode out soon. 